Good morning, everybody. Uh, this week is uh, Daniel chapter 4. And as we look at Daniel 4, um, we're going to be doing that without an audience this morning because we had technical difficulties. And so this is re-recorded. Um, I remind everyone that we will actually be having uh, back to back to full swing classes next week and uh, that's the week of the 11th October the 11th North Boulevard will start their in-person classes for adults and children and uh, be a mask required service at 8 a.m. and a mask optional service at 1030 so class will meet at 930 in the fuel classroom and hope you'll be able to join us so Okay, so uh, thriving in exile, today we're going to look at authoritarian pride, and one of the things that we're going to see is that Daniel's been building a case where he's, he's narrowing this thing down, and then he's going to broaden it out, and what it narrows to is a choice that we have of whether or not we are humans or whether we're beasts, whether we're animals. And we see that in the violence on our streets and people uh, acting selfishly and about human behavior in the world around us. And the words of our culture tell us to, to get what we want and only the strong survive and uh, take what you want. And you'd think we were all a bunch of pirates or heathen or something. And so uh, God's Word has a different message for us to remind us that we're made in the image of God. And so we want to look at uh, the story of Nebuchadnezzar and the tree this morning. So Daniel chapter 4 verses 1 through 3, Nebuchadnezzar to the nations and people of every language who live in all the earth. May you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God performed for me. How great are His signs, His mighty, how mighty His wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures for all generations. Wow. Nebuchadnezzar is writing a chapter in the Bible. This is a pagan king who worships pagan gods, and he's got a section of the Bible that he actually writes and dictates. This is Daniel chapter 4. It's written in Aramaic. And the reason for that is, Daniel is an apocalypse. It's an apocalypsis. Again, that is a revelation, a dramatic revelation of what God's plan is. And so, God's not trying to conceal things with dreams and symbols. He's trying to reveal them in a way that's vibrant and lifelike and vivid and will stick with our imaginations. Uh, God uses that kind of uh, that kind of symbolism and methodology to communicate his message even to pagans. And so Nebuchadnezzar says he's writing this to all nations, all people, all languages. Okay? We at North Boulevard want to be all of those things. For all people, all languages, all nations. So uh, we see that in the book of Revelation, we're all going to be that way in the kingdom of God in heaven. 
with gathered around the throne, we're going to have every nation and every language and every people. So we want to be a church that's like that. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar wanted to be a witness to all of the nations for this about the great signs that God has done and that he had seen performed. Okay, A key point here is that God does wonderful things for us so that we have the joy of sharing the nature of his kingdom with other people. Nebuchadnezzar got that joy. Okay? A lot of times we want to act like a, a non-believer doesn't have any say, or uh, the way I heard it as a child was that God doesn't hear the prayer of an alien sinner. That's hogwash. That's not in the Bible. God hears the prayer of people. God hears and sees people, and God even uses pagans to, use, to speak His Word and to proclaim His praises sometimes. So we, let a, uh, we had a teen Bible study at one point, and several people in the class were in that, that teen Bible study. And, uh, and we had a non-believer in there, and we were rotating leadership in, uh, who led the study each week, and it came up to his turn. And we let him lead. Okay? Well, I have you know that person became a believer because of that Bible study. And so uh, hearing and proclaiming the Word of God is something that all humans were made to do. Okay? He continues in verses 4 through 8. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, contented and prosperous. I had a dream that made me afraid. I was lying in bed. The images and visions that passed through my mind terrified me. So I commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be brought before me to interpret the dream for me. But they could not interpret it for me. Finally, Daniel came into my presence, and I told him the dream. He's called Belteshazzar after the name of my God, and the spirit of the holy gods is in him. So Daniel tells us about his dream. We don't have an exact date given, but most secular historians find a silent time in Babylonian history toward the end of Nebuchadnezzar's 38-year reign. So we expect that that's when this is. Okay? Um, so let's, let's continue with the dream itself. I, Belteshazzar, I said, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you. No mystery is too difficult for you. Here's my dream. Interpret it for me. Before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong, and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, and on it was food for all. Under it the wild animals found shelter. The birds lived in its branches, and from it every creature was fed. Again, this is the dream. This is not exactly, this is not the interpretation. Okay? In bed I looked, and before me was a holy messenger from heaven. He called loudly, cut down the tree, trim off its branches, strip off its leaves, scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it, and the birds from its branches. But let the stump and roots, bound with iron and bronze, remain in the ground. Let him be drenched 
with the dew of heaven, and let him live among the animals and plants. Let his mind be changed from that of a man to that of an animal, till seven times pass by. The holy ones declare the verdict, so the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms, and gives them to anyone he wishes, and sets over them the lowliest of people. Wow, we see a lot of things in this. Okay, one of the first things we see is that uh, is that uh, no mystery is too difficult for for Daniel. Okay, uh, at least by the king's standards, and uh, and so he tells him the dream, and the dream is this great big tree, and the tree represents something, and and all of the animals come to it. Again, we've got wild animals found shelter in it, birds living in it, and every creature is prospering or being fed from it. Um, again, this is something that. Nebuchadnezzar has when he's at the top of his game. Okay? Nebuchadnezzar has this dream when he's lying in bed, rested and prosperous. We attribute bad dreams to things like pizza and upset stomach and stuff like that. Not so with, with the ancient people. They understood that these dreams are God's way of speaking to us sometimes. So we need to listen. And so he specifically sees a holy messenger from heaven. We don't know exactly what that looked like. Uh, there's a graphic representation of it here. But, um, but, but we don't really know. And the messenger says, cut the tree down and bind it up. Bind it up. And then notice it changes from talking about it as a pronoun to him. As a pronoun. So he specifically says, let him be drenched. Okay? So he's talking about the stump of the tree, and and he's switched over to a personal pronoun for people. Okay? So let him live among animals and plants. Let his mind be changed. So uh, from that of a man to that of a wild animal, again, what we're seeing is that there's a, a, there's a point to this, and we're going to see that carried out again next week, and that is that, uh, that we're humans. We're not animals. We're humans. We're not just simple animals that react only to our lusts, only to our cravings. And the New Testament has a lot to say about that as well. So, um, so let's hear about the... Uh, this, is, this is the dream. Now tell me what it means. For none of the wise men can interpret it, but you can, because the Spirit of the Holy Gods is in you. And Daniel was greatly perplexed for a time, and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said, don't let the dream or its meaning alarm you. Belteshazzar answered, that's, that's Daniel, my lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries, the tree is you. You have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky, and your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. This is the interpretation, Your Majesty, and this is the decree the Most High has issued against my Lord, the King. 
Daniel here shows, demonstrates a true concern for Nebuchadnezzar. This is not some kind of a false humility kind of thing going on. Uh, we'll see in the next chapter, Daniel just cut, tells it like it is uh, when it comes to the Word of God. Uh, it's the fact that Daniel is concerned for Nebuchadnezzar. Um, Nebuchadnezzar likes Daniel and he's favored him. And Daniel was told before he went into exile, they were all told in, in Jerusalem, they were told, go and live in the land and do well, become part of the community. Okay, You're Jews, but you are part of Babylon. Go ahead and serve Babylon. Have your own fruit trees and plant your own vineyards and, and your own houses and raise your own children. Uh, become prosperous in Babylon, and Babylon will prosper because of you. And so Daniel's taken that all to heart, and he's lived it. And so uh, he's really hurt that this is, a, this is an edict against the king that he loves. Okay, So here's the interpretation. You, King Nebuchadnezzar, you will be driven from the people to live with wild animals. You will eat grass like an ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass until you acknowledge the Most High as sovereign over all the kingdoms of the earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Your Majesty, please accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right, and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that your prosperity will continue. Wow, this is a guy that, uh, that is just eaten up with himself. Okay? We would say a narcissist. Uh, somebody who just loves himself. He's got uh, so much stuff, but he's, he's told that your pride is your downfall. It's going to be your downfall. And so Daniel says, whoa, I, I hope this doesn't happen to you. So uh, renounce your sin. You've been given a message from heaven. You've been given a warning in your dream. So renounce your sins and do what's right. And your wickedness, uh, renounce it and be kind to people that are oppressed. Okay? Maybe your prosperity will continue then. And so it seems that, uh, that Nebuchadnezzar actually takes this advice. And so, uh, oops. Uh, so I'd like for us to actually uh, look at uh, or listen to a song that was written in. Uh, Mac Davis sang it a long time ago. Uh, it's a country music song. And so I don't know much about, about rap or, or any, really, several other forms of music. But uh, country music was something I listened to a long time ago. And so, uh, anyway, this is, uh, this is Nebuchadnezzar's song for us today. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror because I get better looking each day. To know me is to love me. I must be one hunk of a man. 
Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble, but I'm doing the best that I can. So, uh, since I'm really not into rap music, I'm kind of speaking out of turn here because I don't know much about it, but I'm told Kanye West actually has undergone a conversion. And uh, Kanye West, if you know anything at all about him, was egotistical, claimed to be a god of music and of entertainment. And Kanye, Kanye said of himself, uh, now that he's actually produced a Nebuchadnezzar opera, it's on YouTube, go see it, it's for real, Nebuchadnezzar opera, okay? Kanye West and, uh, and a great big choir. So Nebuchadnezzar had much of Kanye West type of character, he says. A lot of I energy. I did this. It's me. I'm the goat. All that kind of stuff. Okay. Let me take this Nebuchadnezzar type character who looked at his entire kingdom and said, I did this. And God said, oh, for real? You did this? Sounds kind of familiar, right? I'm standing on the tip of the mountain talking about Jesus, saying, I did this, that I am a God. That was Kanye West, okay? This is Nebuchadnezzar. This is any of us who act like we did something, okay? I remember, uh, I remember I got a job one time, and the person said, you know, you're really lucky. I said, oh, lucky in what way? The person said, you're lucky because I have a whole drawer full of applicants for the other jobs I have, but you're the only one with the qualifications for this job. My reply, well, I guess that would make you all lucky, wouldn't it? Okay, that's ego, folks. That's pride. That's self-centeredness. That's I did it. Okay, that, but it came out just like this came right out of my mouth, okay? I didn't know the person was the personnel director, okay? So, oops, okay? 12 months later, let's see how this turns out. 12 months later, the king walked on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon I'm going to pause here just a moment and say, we don't know exactly what the royal palace looked like. Okay. Uh, the Euphrates River has changed its course a couple of times, uh, several times throughout history. And, um, and we're talking about 2,500 years of history here. So uh, a lot has been destroyed of the archaeological record. Some people talk about, the Greeks wrote about, one of the wonders of the ancient world was the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Okay? Only Josephus calls it Nebuchadnezzar's Garden. Everybody else just says it's the Hanging Gardens, and there were Hanging Gardens on the Tigris River, not the Euphrates, at the ancient city of Nineveh in Assyria, which is now taken over by Babylon. So it's in the Babylonian kingdom, but it's not Babylon itself, okay? So I'll just say that the hanging gardens don't appear to have been in Babylon, but the Bible doesn't say anything about the Babylonian uh, hanging gardens. So uh, the biblical record only talks about the glory and splendor of the palace itself. And Nebuchadnezzar's palace was 
uh, splendid. It was it was really wonderful. So um, it did have these gates, these beautiful uh, blue walls that led into the main gate where they had uh, icons of their uh, of their gods on there. And so uh, I begin each lesson with one of the one of the pictures from uh, from that wall as the Germans actually took the wall, disassembled it, and reassembled it in Berlin. And, uh, and so they, they loved taking artifacts, not just in Indiana Jones, uh, but throughout history, the, the Germans did that. Okay, so anyway, um, is, he said, is this not the great Babylon I have built as my royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? As the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people to live with wild animals. You will eat grass like an ox. Seven times will pass by until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on the earth and gives them to anyone He wishes. Okay? Seven times are going to pass by. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a way that the ancient writers, both Babylonian, Aramaic, uh, a Hebrew, they would talk about the passage of time, and it was it was like the beginning and the end. We see that in the book of, of Genesis. In the English translation, it says the the beginning, you know, the beginning and end were the first day. Well, it really just means the first time period. It's that's all that's stated. So a lot of times we have an English translation day or year or month, and it's a little bit ambiguous. So here we've got an ambiguous amount of time, but there are going to be seven of them. Again, there is a portion of the historical record of Nebuchadnezzar's reign that remains silent towards the end of his reign. So we believe that that's when this occurs. Okay. Um, Immediately, what he had been, what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people. He ate grass like an ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven, until his hair grew like feathers. I'm imagining somebody, you know, with with just this this long hair. Uh, yeah. Ooh, uh, like feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. Okay. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. His dominion is eternal. His kingdom endures forever. All the nations of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as He pleases. With the powers of heaven and peoples of the earth, no one can hold back His hand or say to Him, What have you done? Then my sanity was restored. My honor and splendor were returned. My advisors and nobles sought me out. I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and glorify the King of Kings, 
the king of heaven, because everything he does is right, and all his ways are just. He is able to humble those who walk in pride. Wow. Wow. Powerful message from a pagan king who recognizes that he is nothing compared to the powers of heaven itself, of God most high. And uh, he praises God. God humbled Nebuchadnezzar. We sing a song. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And He will lift you up. And He will lift you up. God does wonderful things for us so that we can have the joy of sharing His nature and the nature of His kingdom with other people of the world. So the lessons that we should take away from this is that God positions us, just like He did Daniel, God positions us to influence other people. That God holds us accountable, everybody on the face of the earth, to submit to His authority. Every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. God's power is present in our lives and in our world today. So we should acknowledge God in everything we do and in everything we say. Because His kingdom is eternal. In view of God's mercy, our lives must reflect humility and obedience as we point others to the value and the joy of being children of the King. Next week, we'll be looking at defiant arrogance as we look at a subsequent King of Babylon. May God be with you this week.